Uh, it is time for questions, but you might want to know how it is that you can ask them. Well, a simple way to do it is to get yourself one of these bad boys, these connect cards, because you can write in there a question on the back, or you can also, if you don't get emails regularly from us with you know, advanced copies of what we're having as our front of the news sheet and other things like that, then put down your email address there and let me know, and I'd love to connect you up with all that sort of stuff as well. You can also just scan in one of the QR codes, and that's an easy way to get us the questions as well. Well, we have a couple of questions. There are only three, and let's get into them. The first question is this. How is it that we can tell people that their beliefs are wrong in a loving way? Well, last week we heard from Jesus that there is only one way to God, and that is through him. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. In other words, Jesus made it really clear that every other religion is a failure because no other religion actually follows the one true way to the one true God. And you'd have to say that's a pretty arrogant thing to say, unless it's true. So let's imagine you're in a burning room and there are four doors and you've got to get out straight away and you know that only one of those doors will lead to safety and the three of the other ones will not open and won't, you know, won't work at all. And uh, someone is convinced that they want to go to the first door. And you say, you must not go to that first door, it does not work. I say, oh, you're so arrogant. You're, you're, you're not giving me the opportunity to express my own freedoms, to, to explore my own options, to, to go as I choose. To which I'd say, you have got to trust me. Only that door opens to safety. It is only through that door that you'll be saved from this burning room. That's not an arrogant thing to say when it's true. Jesus said that. So how do we do that? How do we make it clear to people that their beliefs are wrong in a loving way? Well, I think that if somebody is chatting to you and you're a follower of Jesus and they say, oh, so you're one of those Christians, you know, they're all just the same, aren't they? I mean, that just every single religion leads to God the same, right? I want to challenge you to say that you at that point would need to say, I like you and I want to be friends with you, but that's not the truth. There's only one way to God the Father, and that is through Jesus, and all of the other religions are false. And when that moment comes up, I think you just got to tell it like it is, for their sake and for the sake of your relationship with God, to, to be authentic and to be genuine and to be truthful. But the, at the same time, if you're in a relationship with a group of people at school, at work, in your family, in a community group or whatever it is, and you're desperately praying that they follow Jesus like you do, then you don't have to tell them everything on day one. There's an opportunity over time through relationships to bit by bit talk to them about Jesus. Because I take it that if you know and love the Lord Jesus and you have that certainty for eternity, you want them to have that as well. And so over time, you, you pray and you pray and you pray and you make the most of every opportunity to be able to talk to them about Jesus. Like, for example, if you're a, a teacher at a Christian school uh, or even you're a student at a school, you, you know, you've got many, many years with those who are you're around to be able to help them know that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. But what you need to do is to realise that it's important that they know. And if you yourself 
don't know Jesus as Lord, if you're still sort of kicking around the options and not really sure if you're following him or not, let me tell you, there's only one door out of that burning room, and that is Jesus. Question two. What does it look like to worship the Father in spirit and in truth? Well, this is the bit in the Bible where Jesus walks up to the Samaritan woman at the middle of the day and it's hot and he says, can I have some water? And he has this chat with her. And so in the midst of it, well, let's have a look at the wider passage from verse 21 to 24. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Uh, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, in, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. This is where the question comes from. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. And so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So what does it mean to worship the Father in spirit and in truth? Well, you could see that there was a bit of talk about Samaria and Samaritans and Judah and Jerusalem and things like that. Basically, at that time, the way that you went to have access to God was you went to the temple. And the Samaritans, well, they kind of had a temple for a while up there, but then the Jews had theirs and there was originally only one. And so it was all about where you would go to worship God. And then Jesus comes along and says, actually, guess what? You're going to worship in spirit, not in buildings. And so when he came and stood there, the conversation quickly got on to the fact that he was the Messiah. And so if they were going to worship truly, like in truth, then it would be in spirit. Because Jesus is the now the place where you go to worship God. And you worship Jesus today by the Spirit. And so we're going to find out more about that in a little while as we look at John chapter 14. Question three. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Spirit? Well, there's another verse there. Let me read it out. 31 and 32. So I tell you, Jesus said, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or the world to come. And now I reckon that sounds pretty intense, eh? But let's break it down. How do we know God today? We know God through His Word. He speaks. And so that's how we are able to hear from him and know him but how do we experience God's word it's by his Holy Spirit okay so if we push away the Holy Spirit we push away God and that's a big problem right because if you push away God you can't be forgiven so how does this all work right well to blaspheme against the Spirit is basically say Spirit you're not speaking on behalf of God and so I'm not going to listen to you and therefore if you don't listen to the Spirit you don't hear God's word, and if you don't hear God's word, you can't know God, and therefore you can't be forgiven. And so listen to the Spirit, read God's word, know the promises of God, and believe them, and you'll be saved. Great questions, hey? I'd love to hear more from you. There's already one's popped in, and I'd love to answer it next week. Why don't you fill in a question 
on the comment card.